25 and we're live on all platforms we are live it's the feel inspired podcast everyone welcome i am amit soda and have an incredible guest today and i have a feeling this is probably going to be a longer than usual one as well which is great i don't mind i love it um kimmy said to me let's talk let's talk about this this and this and i was like yes let's do it let's anything do it. anything yeah. we could talk about i could talk about paint drying and related to dating somehow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely the, the i was speaking to a new coaching client today and just the analogies i come up with sometimes as well. even i after the conversation i'm like did i really say that but <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they do work uh anyway welcome everyone for anyone who's new my name is amit soda i have been a coach for 30 years i've been a dating coach for 14 of those and this is my podcast uh, it's not just about dating, but all other things. And I love to invite some inspiring and wonderful people on board. I never get to know them beforehand because I love to get the, the raw data on the podcast. So uh, without further ado, I would like to welcome our, our lovely uh, individual guest today. Individual guest? Our lovely guest today, Kimmy Seltzer, who's a uh, dating coach. Right. Remind me, dating coach, uh, styling, style strategist. You tell me, actually. Yeah, I'm just going to put it right. You know, it's all good. You know, I I played with my name, like what's in the name, right? So many times. I'm, I call myself a dating strategist these days more than a coach or anything else because I believe that we all just need to create new habits. And with that, we need strategies. You know, we're all pretty savvy. And I'm um, a therapist as well. So I kind of really focus on confidence. So I call myself a confidence therapist and I'm an image expert. So, yes, I do makeovers. We can talk about yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> work needed here. <laughs> and the one, th you know, three, two, one punch. But really, like at the end of the day, it's a mouthful to say I use a holistic approach. And I work from the outside in versus the inside out and in helping people yeah, look and feel their best so they attract what they want. And, and I have a whole story around that. And I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because I say that to people. I always say when I coach people, I say there's two ways to work as far as I'm concerned, which is inside out or outside in. I actually, when it comes to dating, I tend to start outside in, actually, because I think it's easier uh, for a number of reasons. But yeah, mm -hmm. we'll definitely get into that. So I would love to know a bit more about your story and how you got up to this point. You know, what got you into this field? Because obviously you were doing therapy before and then you've uh, you know decided to pivot and uh, take on the whole dating thing. Um, so, you know, what, what led you even to get into therapy and then pivot to this point? And, you know, what's been your journey up until this point? How did it apply to you? You know, what what did you take away from this? And, you know, was it a case of going through it and then teaching it to teaching it to others as well? So I'd love to get the whole backstory. I'm so glad you asked about my story, honestly, because like. <laughs> Sometimes people read my bio and it's all good, you know, the professional stuff. But really, the reason why I'm so passionate about doing what I do is because of my own transformation, my own story that you alluded to. And, you know, it's funny when I think of my life years ago, I was this kind of like good girl from Chicago, living a very traditional life, practicing as a therapist for many, many years. I mean, it was over like 10 years at the time. And I, I really thought like that was my life, to be honest. And I did work from the outside in. Obviously, for, as a therapist, you know, I had the picket fence, you know, the family, the two kids, the dog, the husband. I, I still have the kids, by the way, but you see where the story's going. So <laughs> you know, we um, all kind of, you know, uh, have this life going on and we pick up and we move across the country here in the United States to La, what I call La La Land, which is a.k.a. Los Angeles. And uh, we land here and I joke, we, we end up doing what all the 
the other Hollywood people do here. We get a divorce and I'm joking. Obviously, like there were issues, right? But, you know, and I think you know this, like, and, and we all have experienced that sometimes a change, you know, makes other issues kind of surface, right? And it, and it allowed us to kind of face that. And, but here I was, you know, all alone in my new castle, not knowing what to do with my new life. And that traditional life, as I knew, just completely went away in an instant. And it was like the record stopped. And I did not know what I was going to do to get out of my own way. And here's the kicker, because we're talking about being a therapist. Like, I knew better, right? Like, I knew up here all the things that I needed to do. And I really believed, okay, I got to do all this inside work and I got to like break patterns and do all this juicy stuff. And I did. And I had like a whole support system rally around me. But like, honestly, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I was going to do with my life. And, and, and if anyone had come to me in that moment in time, you know, as a therapist, I would have said, you think you have issues? Like, let me go on the couch for a second. <laughs> like I was in no way, shape or form to help others, let alone myself. And so here it was kind of like the important part of the story and journey, which changed the course of my life and what I do today in that I remember waking up one day and looking in the mirror and I was just like, I was horrified because no matter what I did, I still couldn't get out of my own way, even with the support and the therapy and all that jazz. And I... I was so horrified by being this like frumpy mom. If you saw me back then, I would never be wearing bright pink, first of all. I was wearing all black, you know, ginormous clothes that was like three sizes too big. I saw the nursing bras on and I was not nursing any longer like that. It just shows you how stuck I was in my mind and my clothes really reflected that. And so I, I just got to the point where I was fed up. You know, that's usually when people change in that fed up stage. And so what does a girl do? It was a very like unconventional thing. I went shopping. Literally. I just like, you know what? Nothing fits. I feel horrible. I look horrible. I'm not going to attract anybody in my life, you know, this way. So I go to the store and I think I'm up leveling myself, but no, what am I doing? I am collecting all the black clothes again into my arms and I'm like, oh, but they're new clothes, but they were all like too big, you know, and I, I just didn't see my new body. I'd lost a bunch of weight and I just didn't even see myself. And so this personal shopper, she came up to me and I call her my angel now. And she says, ma'am, I've been watching you and I really think you should try this on. And she holds up this red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I said, you know, that's really sweet of you, but that's not my size. And it's so not my color. She says, honey, that is your color. That is your size. Try it on. You know, it was like, boom. And you know, sometimes when people give you messages in the world where you're really able to hear it, well, I was, I was hearing it loud and clear. I'm like, you know what? She's right. I don't need to think different. I need to do something different. And so I, I put on the dress and I twirl around like Cinderella and I looked in the mirror and like, bam, I, you know, I just was like, almost like in shock. I just saw this like princess in front of me and I got this visceral response, you know, in my body. And, and for the first time I really saw myself different. And so I bought that costume that day and I call it a costume because I still really didn't believe it. 
And I walked out into the world and then all this magic started happening that you see in my bio, you know, like new suitors began to come my way, opportunities started knocking on my door. And it was this like domino effect. And I realized that there was a symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner when it comes to confidence, that it's not superficial. And so that's where kind of like my new business was born. And I just started doing makeovers on friends and family. I trained with the top image consultants here in LA. And I asked, actually did a, a coaching program over in the UK called Style Coaching, where it fused together styling and coaching. And then I just kept skipping along my yellow brick road and did a bunch of speaking and media and the rest is history. But the the, the thing that I realized as I was helping people through my journey, because like you, I've been doing this for many, many years. Um, and I, I think that there are three components that I really teach in ways of helping people like strategy wise, get out of their own way and attract love. And that is my charisma quotient formula. And that is the name of my podcast, which you are going to be on. And um, it, I love charisma because it's like this magnetism that draws people to you. And within that, there are three components. It's your style intelligence, which is what we're talking about, the outside, your style, your body language, the, the way you present yourself. Then you have your emotional intelligence, which is obviously going more inward. As a therapist, I do like to look at like how our past is connected to the future and the choices we make and how we express that. And then the third component is your social intelligence. And that is how we manage interpersonal relationships, our social skills. And yes, that includes flirting. So flirting is a big part of my business. I'm sure we'll talk about that today. But anyway, that's like the long-winded uh, story. I have more stories, but it really is important in how how I got here. Do you know, there's so much parity in uh, that, that, you know, especially that, that pivoting moment of how I got to this stage as well. Uh, it was a big thing for me as well. Same thing. I just got fed up. I was, I was sick to death of just being friend zoned and, uh, and being the guy who was the confidant and never the guy actually getting the girl. And oh, there was just so much more. And plus, you know, image, everything, you know, that was a huge part of it. And <clears throat> It's interesting you talk about image because I realized that the, the, the light bulb moment for me was when I was in um, uh, I was in a club one night with some friends and um, I happened to have changed my style at that point as well. And I got used to doing it. And a friend came up to me and he mentioned, he goes, you know, I love the way you just keep reinventing yourself. Uh, and, and it kind of then just had that little light bulb moment and stuff that people notice it and it changes your energy. And that's where the that's where the power comes from. Uh, because it has the power to change the way we feel. Doing it inside out can be quite difficult sometimes because it's a head-on collision sometimes with the things you're facing, and that's quite tough to face sometimes. But if you do it outside in, it's almost subconscious. It's almost like unconscious, but you start to feel good, and then it drives, starts to drive more of that change naturally anyway. So I think that's incredible. I love that parity we have. By the way, Kimmy, I didn't realize you were in L.A., which I love L.A., by the way. Oh my gosh, you have to come visit. I would say sunny LA, but it's totally raining right now. So it's probably like London. <laughs> eight days of rain a year, right? So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love London too. I've been, I've been loads of times, but I, I absolutely love LA, I have to say as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that your journey is incredible. And I, I love it. I love everything you said, your ethos and how you teach people and, you know, what you, you your, your program that you've devised as well. Because I think that's a, another great part of it because it comes from your own experience but so many people can relate to that experience and then you know they'll just take something away which you know just 
ah, and they just changes everything for them, which I absolutely love. So, so I would like to know, tell us more then about, um, let's start with confidence actually, I think, cause this is a massive area on its own anyway, but where does someone start when it comes to confidence and, you know, skilling up, leveling up their confidence, yeah. you know, to the people who say, I'm not confident, you know, what do you say to people like that? And how do you begin to gradually transform that idea within them that actually you're not static? You can mm. change it. You're not fixed as a person. You can change it. So what do you do? What's the process you go through with people? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, that word confidence. You know, I love when people just say, oh, just be more confident. Like, you'll be great. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, what does that really mean? And here's my philosophy on confidence is that, I don't believe there's one person out there that is not confident overall. It's usually there is an area where we don't have experience in or enough practice in or positive exposure in to feel good about something, right? And so I simply define confidence as experience. I know it's pretty like simplistic, but it really is that. So like take, for instance, your work life, you know, once upon a time when you first learned your trade of work, you didn't know it. And you walked into work and you probably felt a little wobbly and you weren't sure of yourself. And how did you get more confident? You practice, you know, you go day in, day out until you feel better. Well, dating is no different. And there's probably different areas of confidence. And what's interesting is that we think of confidence as just this holistic thing, but actually there are three areas of confidence. And I just actually, I, I, I'm doing a six week workshop right now on how to date in your forties, fifties, and sixties. And it's really interesting because it's co-ed and I love doing co-ed things with men and women. And it was interesting hearing the different definitions that people were talking about. But what I had them do is rate the three areas in their life. And there was like big disparities, but it, it makes sense in, in ways of where you're getting stuck in your dating life. So the first area is your outer confidence. And that's what we were just talking about. Like, do you like your wardrobe? Do you feel sexy in your body? You know, like what is your body language saying? how are you marketing yourself so that you get opportunity to be attracted to and attractive to others? You know, like these are huge, like first impressions are the, you know, first of all, it only takes seven seconds now, which is crazy. <laughs> like it used to be 30 seconds, like two years ago. So I don't know by tomorrow, it'll be two seconds. And it just shows you how fast the brain is working, but it's also exciting, kind of what you were alluding to, knowing that there are few shifts and things that you could do that would make a huge difference, you know, in someone's confidence. The second area is the inner confidence. And as you, as I'm going through it, you notice these are the three components of the charisma quotient, but the inner confidence has to do with your resilience. Like how fast can you get back up? You know, like, are you taking rejection as I like every little thing. If you're ghosted, is it devastating to you, you know, or is it like, gosh, thank goodness that person ghosted me. He is not right. Or she is not right for me. Mm. Um, you know, it's how, how fast you can get back up in the rink, you know, so to speak. It's also like your, your feelings of self-worth, like, or, or how, how much of the gremlins are creeping up old messages you got growing up being good enough. You know, all of those things really make a difference in the way you portray out into the world. So that is like a deeper dive into your confidence. And, and then we have your social confidence. This is your, you know, how you, 
how comfortable you are in social settings. How are you with interpersonal communication? I teach a lot on conversation skills because I feel like so many conversations die. They're not flirty enough, you know, and, and so you might have like a nice conversation, but that's not going to get you a date. You know, I call it the LinkedIn exchange conversation. So it's like, what are you doing to to move and be playful and exciting in your conversation? So I like to have, and all of you can do this listening right now, like rate yourself from one to 10 in each of those areas. And you'll see like how that coincides with maybe some of the things that you're struggling with when it comes to dating. So repeat, repeat those three areas again, right? So what are the three areas of confidence? <clears throat> so you have your outer confidence, your inner confidence, and then your social confidence. Perfect. Yeah, I, lo- I love that idea. Do you know, do you know what's really funny, though? I've just, I mean, obviously, of all the guests I have, there's always some parity. But like what you're saying right now, I swear to God, I had exactly the con- this conversation with someone who found me on TikTok earlier today about you know confidence about rejection repetition learning you know social skill everything like i just had a, a long conversation with them about this today and like you and i are just so on the same page i think it's so important that you, you mentioned about experience as well and i think that a lot of people don't get that they think it's just something that you have but not something you can acquire and that's wrong you know it's so wrong i think we've brought, been brought up that way to feel like that but actually that's just nothing could be further from the truth yeah, I, I have a great story to share around all this that it, it, it speaks to. It was a profound case. I mean, I do all kinds of services, right? Like, so some people do intensives with me where they fly in. I do a whole like style session with them and we make over their wardrobe. And then we go out and we do a wing girl session and I teach them how to flirt and interact in, in the world and attraction and all that stuff. But this woman, she called me up. She hadn't dated in 25 years. And she, she got to the fed up point and she says, I know I'm not going to like get out of my own way. I need help. I need a kick in the butt. <laughs> and so I am like, I'm always good for a good you know kick in the butt and I will do that. So she comes here to LA and we go through her history, which I often do like as a therapist, it's important for me to understand your journey. I'm not this like cookie cutter approach coach. Cause I believe our journey shape us in different ways. I'm not just going to throw something at you. And she, I just, I could hear in her story how much she was giving her power away, how she was belittled when she was young. And so she just was always people pleasing and doing things for others, but never herself. And I think that ended up in the ending of her marriage because she attracted this lopsided kind of relationship. And so afterwards we went shopping. Cause again, outside in, I'm like, we got to get a handle on your presentation because it was not, it was not a good one. I'll just say that. And so we're, we're walking into the store and all of a sudden she starts bawling her eyes out. And I said, what's up? And she says, I can't do this. I said, what's going on? She's like, well, I didn't tell you something. I said, what's that? She's like, well, I, I cover my mirrors at home. I haven't looked at myself in 10 years. Wow. And it was, this was like a really profound story. And, you know, as a therapist inside out, I might have sat down with her, done a little cognitive therapy, talked about how she should love herself. That That's not what she needed. She needed to see herself differently, not just talk about it. So I walked into the store with her. And I said, look, I know this is hard. I was holding her hand. I said, I just want you to do me a favor. I want you to put on this jacket. I want you to put on these little boots. And I want you to twirl around and give me five in the mirror. That's it. Just five. I'll count. 
And so she does it. She looks in the mirror and it was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like she just kept staring at herself. And the tears start streaming down her face again. But this time it was tears of joy. And she said, Kim, I, I've never seen myself look so beautiful. And it was like this thing, just like this thing just went off in, in her head, the way she saw herself. And from there, I literally created a monster because then we like, we were skipping through the store. We were pulling all these clothes. She was changing with the door open. Like this is a person who had like all this body shame. And we did a photo shoot. She went back home. She put her new pictures online. She started dating up a storm and she landed a great guy, you know, like, and, and I, I say it not as like this, like fairy dust magic, like woo woo stuff, like, oh, just put on a new dress or a new tie and you'll be fine. But there is this domino effect that happens. And you spoke to it as we were talking that it's the quickest gateway into like evidence of someone's confidence because you're already gaining experience right there in time. <clears throat> what an amazing story as well. That's just incredible. Uh, and it just goes to show, right, just how much the the outward stuff can be so profound um and because it is it, the, the truth is it's so visceral when you do do something like that if you haven't changed your wardrobe haven't changed your you know your style for a long time and you know you see all these shows on tv here in the uk as well you know where someone gets styled up before they go on a date and you can see they look they almost look physically different in their face because you know, they feel different suddenly. Their vibe has completely changed. And literally their vibration has changed. And so almost their outward appearance has changed. And it makes so much difference. And I think this is also why as well, touching like digressing of a society, I say to people, you know, invest so much time in what picture you choose to put on your profile. Don't just choose a random photo you've got on your phone. Uh, it really takes some yeah. time to get a nice photo done. You know, think about what clothes you're wearing. You know, when people, I see people and they've done the bathroom selfies or whatever, and I'm like, or just a random shot from a long time ago or in the distance. And I'm like, it's not going to do you any favors. No, I'm just being frank and honest with you. No wonder people are swiping by you or rejecting you if I've matched you on our matchmaking system because they're not getting to see the real you. I have conversations with people and they light up and they just look so different to when that conversation started. And it just it's just their energy has changed. And <clears throat> it can't be said enough, enough just how much of an impact that has on people. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, I get a lot of pushback because like, you know, as I talk about the outer and the image and stuff like that, people, you know, often roll their eyes and say, oh, this is superficial. You know, if uh, a man doesn't like me for me, then, you know, forget them or, you know, I'm not going to change for no woman or, you know, like I hear that all the time. And what I really want to drive home is it's not about changing who you are. It's about marketing yourself so that a person gets to know who you are, because you might have all this opportunity that's passing you by because you're not marketing the best version of you. Like we do this in business, right? Like you have two yeah. websites, same content. One's really old and antiquated with ugly colors. One's new and slick and professional with pretty colors. Which one are you going to choose and click on it? Like 99.9% .9 of the people are going to not only choose the better or the more professional one, but they're also going to trust it more. And here's the thing that's uh, that's interesting about image. Now I'll get a little like heady and researchy about it because just to bring it home that it's, I'm not this like blonde hair girl from LA and say, oh, image matters, you know, <laughs> it's like, actually I'm from Chicago as you heard. So I, I can't <laughs> explain that. Um, it, it's, it is 
a lot of research is out there that says, first of all, if you look at the definition of image, it it actually determines how somebody perceives you. And that will also determine how they'll treat you. So the minute you walk in the room, the minute they see your profile online, they're already making judgments and assumptions based on two things. And this is this is what happens in the brain in that first impression stage. Number one, people look at the clothes. Number two, the attitude, which is the nonverbal, right? So your body language. People get so caught up in like what to say and they get in their heads a lot, you know, like when they first enter a situation. And I always tell people, it's not even what you say, it's how you are being, how you're presenting, you know, because 93% of communication is nonverbal. That's crazy, mm-hmm. right? But, but it's also so powerful knowing that people will be more attracted to you, trust you more, make better decisions and whether or not they want to move on with you just based on your image, and so instead of getting all like, oh, I can't believe this. I have to now just change all this stuff. It's like, wait, that's so exciting. Knowing that as a woman, if I put on pink or red, that will attract more men in my profile. Cool. <laughs> if I'm a man, I can wear a bl- an, like a dark blue button down shirt, or, you know, and look really spiffy and look well manicured. Yeah, you're going to get more clicks on your pics. Like, it does matter. And it's exciting because I see, again, how it impacts not only attraction, but your confidence. Yeah. Do you know, I'm going to disagree with one thing you said there, because actually I'm the first person to bitch slap anyone who comes to me and says, oh, you know, I'm not going to change for anyone. I'm not going to change for no one. But I actually I say to them as well, listen, you're changing in every second of there, every day. You are not the same person at work that you are at home or that you're with your family or whatever. We are dynamic divine beings. We're changing constantly. But it's a question of Mm. what you choose to change about yourself, right? And I think that, you know, I I get what people are saying, that they don't want to change themselves just for that person. But, you know, I think it's important to distinct that difference, you know, that you can choose to be whoever you want to be in any given moment. Um, But, you know, it's still up to you. You know, you're not this fixed static person or being you know you tomorrow you could take up a new hobby and you are someone different because you've taken up a hobby taken on this whole new skill set and added this whole you know beautiful dimension to your life and suddenly you're a different person so we're changing constantly I think and I think it's so important to acknowledge that as well like just to say to people embrace that change you know it's okay yeah you don't do it just for someone else just to get someone right. to like it, of course right but it, it's just it's so true though but I agree with you wholeheartedly I- No, you know what? I love that you just said that and made that distinction. And I actually agree with you. And I think it's how you define the change. Mm. Because I think what happens is people are so scared of losing themselves, right? And it's not about losing the foundation of you as a person, like you're a wonderful, beautiful human being. And you're right, like, as we go through life, we evolve, like, I am so different than I was back in my 20s and my 30s, you know, like, as each each 10 years, I think we should have a new partner, quite honestly, because we're so different in each decade, right? Sometimes I joke about that. But you know, um, what I think ends up changing is, again, it goes back to the strategies where you're changing habits that ultimately then change the way maybe our perception is, our mindset, and our approach on things. Those are the three areas I say that a lot of people shift, mindset, approach, and perspective. And so as the foundation, you're still this wonderful person, but yeah, like we do evolve. So I I like that you made that distinction. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that it's just an important thing to know for some people because, you know, they get stuck in that idea. I just want someone to love me for me. And I, and I get it. That's all well and good. But you, you're you not that one fixed person every second of every day. The the distinction I say to people is there's a difference between soul and role. And in, in throughout the course of our day, we're playing various roles. And who you are at soul level, that's one thing. But, you know, don't just don't mix up the two uh, and confuse yourself as the role that you're playing in various scenarios because you're not you're not that person at all. But, yeah. So tell us more about, you know, kind of how people can then work on their uh, confidence and uh, what they can do to 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 kind of like, you know, start. What, what steps what's the actual step so when you get someone who comes to you man or woman yeah. or anyone they're like what do I need to do I'm not confident yeah um, you know, what do you tell them what do you get them to do as a, as a starting point yeah and it's a big question right like help me be more confident or, or find my soulmate like I love that question you know it's like well we may have some work to do in order to get there you know and so I I'm big on action steps really big like I'm very results oriented I don't believe in just sitting and talking I'm I, obviously a big believer in doing. Um, so, you know, when, when I work with anybody, whether it's virtually in my virtual programs or in person or the combination of two, which often is a, a popular package, it's first getting a good history. That's just me as a therapist. Cause I, I really like to understand your journey and how it's connected, like from the past to the future and the choices you're making and the patterns that get created, because only then I can develop a plan to help you move forward. Right. And so, so what that, the process looks like is really different for everybody. Cause some, you know, some people have a great style, right? Like they come to me and they're like, they got it going on. But maybe it's to the other extreme where they're they're hiding by having too much of their style and not enough of the inner stuff, right? Like they're relying too much on the outside. So like, right? Like you could, I see, and, but whatever the case, a lot of times it's hiding. So whether it's like not dressing up enough and not being comfortable being seen or, not being comfortable being seen in here, right? And so that you have the facade on. That's why that first part is really important, understanding kind of the family dynamics and your ascribed role growing up. It it all is connected. So from there, then it's just figuring out what pieces are missing in the puzzle to help you feel whole and make you feel more confident. So looking at the style piece first, right? On the outside, I do an assessment. Um, if you do need a style tweak, I will say, or more than a tweak sometimes, I do these virtual makeovers, which is super fun. It's a one hour process. And then I have the software where I upload pictures of um, different outfits that I think would look really good on you. I do a profile review. Like I, I kind of take a look at how you're presenting yourself on all platforms, to, from social media to how you like show up physically on a date by you uploading pictures, or if you're meeting me in person, I can see it. So, you know, and, and depending what's going on there, then I'll make recommendations from that. But, you know, I like to start really small, you know, sometimes I'll just recommend one thing. If it's really overwhelming to someone, I'll say, okay, just try wearing red lipstick. I know you don't like makeup, but just try the red lipstick. You know, I have a story around that where I, I did that with a woman and she just came to me for dating coaches. She thought her style was fine. I said, yeah, you're hiding in your clothes. Like your clothes may be expensive, but it's not date worthy. Cause that's the other thing people might enjoy their clothes or they have good clothes, but it's not date worthy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so all right. So that's the first thing. And then the second going inward, as I'm seeing what's happening online and, and how they're like attracting people in, then there might be some deeper work to do, you know, and so whether that's just doing kind of self-worth exercises or, you know, helping them express themselves, setting boundaries, helping them understand what vulnerability is, you know, all of those things that I think get stuck for people a lot. Um, And then the outside or the social stuff is really important too. So um, I, I put together a dating plan like I do a business plan. You know, it's like what kind of things that you need to do to get the most traction so that you can practice all this stuff. So it's not just online. What are you doing in your social life and in real life situations? And so I have this whole like three prong approach with like the social aspect of things to get people practicing. And yes, that includes flirting. I, I love teaching flirting. I do a lot of flirt workshops. It's a big part of my business and, you know, just helping people understand how important that is when it comes to dating and it can really make or break. Like we're, you know, this topic is sexy confidence. It's one thing to be confident, but it's another thing to be sexy confident. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to the sexy confidence. Let's talk about the flirting then. Cause I think for me, this is such a powerful subject and I, I, and I think it's underestimated as well in so many different ways, because one thing I say to people, for me, the way I define flirting is, and I think most people construe it as sexualized conversation, whereas I don't, I, I see it more as a soul to soul conversation. And it's that natural, organic ping pong flowing conversation you have, we have a conversation with someone and hours can fly by and you just don't even think about it. <clears throat> and the way you get to that is that if you're someone who's initially quite nervous with someone but you can get yourself to relax pretty quickly and it's almost like you're with someone you've known for years and just having a good old catch-up after not seeing each other for several years that's how I define flirting and uh, one of the examples I gave to that person I was speaking to earlier today was that you know like when I was learning all this stuff I was just, I was getting rejected left left right and center but uh, you know I, I got to a point where the rejection just didn't bother me because I was doing it so much you know just having you know been rejected 10 times you know after that you're just like meh <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I remember there was one event I was asked to MC and host, and uh, back when I used to do stand up comedy and all that kind of stuff. And there was um, there was a, a a a belly dancing troupe, and they were known as the Baby Bliss Girls or something like that, right? I don't know if they ever watched this or whatever. <laughs> 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 this um, and there was one one the the lead lady was for me it was like wow she's smoking hot, so. Um, you know, I did my thing. I just took, you know, swallowed those nerves and just went three, two, one, let me go get her. Right. So I just approached her and I said, you know, start, start having a conversation. And, um, I got to the point where I said, I'd love to be, I'd love to take her out for coffee. And she was like, you know what? I'm so sorry, but you're not my type. And I said, what, what type is that? Is that too hot? You know, too, too, sexy, too confident, too, too masculine. <laughs> I, and she Damn, I love it. Yeah. And she laughed. Right. And obviously nothing came of it and that's, that's fine. But it's like having that idea of, you know, having a few canned responses really helps as well, but just being able to then flip or put that conversation into something fun. Um, And I used to do all sorts of stuff like that. You know, I think that that's, I mean, this is obviously just a tiny portion of it, but I'd love to, I'd want your take now on flirting and, and for so anyone who says I'm not good at it, I don't know how to do it or, you know, or even people who think they're flirting and then I get them to tell me, give me an idea of what flirting is to you. And they show me and I'm like, Yeah, yeah. It's a fun topic. And you know, what's an interesting thing about the word flirt is that 
it raises a lot of eyebrows, you know, like people have strong associations with that word. And I think that's the first thing that I like to just like get out of the everyone system. It's like, you know, when you hear the word flirting, what does it mean to you? You know, mm. like, how are you defining it? And I love hearing people's definitions such as yours and everybody else's. And everyone has different aspects of mm. what flirting's about for them. And in fact, you know, as a therapist, it's interesting to me where people see flirting because sometimes it has to do with their backstory. You know, mm -hmm. the fears actually will come up in their definition or messages they got growing up or whatever it is. But here's the kicker. You want to know what the true definition of flirting is in the dictionary? I think this is fascinating. And this is what I teach. It is to behave as though you are attracted to somebody without the serious intention of an outcome. Nice. I like that. That's quite a, that's very, that in itself is a sexy definition. Yeah. Right. Well, and the reason I, okay. So the, the operative words are the last part without the serious intention of an outcome, because if you think about it, most people don't flirt because they're getting attached to the outcome and it's not supposed to be that we get so in our head of how can I get the girl or what's going to happen? Or is he right for me? Like everyone, or, you know, I hear so many excuses or fears that come up, you know, people will say, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, send the wrong message, or I don't want to like flirt with someone I'm not interested in, or um, I don't know how to do it, or I'm not good at it. Like everybody's outcome oriented. And that's what stops everybody. But really, I, and here's how I look at it. Flirting's supposed to be playful. And, and it's, it's this magnetism that just draws people to you, like bees to honey. And then you get to determine who you want to play with and who you don't. Like, isn't that like a horrible problem to have if you have all these people that you're not interested in, just like, you know, around you, buzzing around. And then you say, I want you, 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 and oh, not you. You know, like, I think we turn our cab light off you know, often because either we're scared, we don't, we're not quite sure, you know, that kind of thing. I have a funny story. I was coaching a woman and she, we walk into this lounge in a hotel and I was teaching her about flirting and, and she looks around. This is so typical. She looks around and she's like, yeah, there's no one here. I want to flirt with. I said, really? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, and, and so how did you come to that conclusion? She's like, well, you know, there's no one really my type. I can just tell. I said, uh, mm. I said, well, you just paid me a bunch of money. We're paying where we're staying right here and you're going to like it. And so she's like, okay. So we, we go to the bar and there was, uh, you know, some gentlemen at the bar. And one of the things I say is not being reactive, but proactive with it. Like you just flirt and have fun with everyone. Like you just create that energy and playfulness and a lot can come out of it. So I, I started, right. And, and I, and then, so she started and, and we started having a lot of fun with these guys. Well, in the middle of it, she leans over and she whispers to me, all right, Kim, I, I actually think that guy's super sexy. Like I would totally date him. I said, Oh really? You mean a guy <laughs> in the room who you were not interested in, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was a big lesson for her knowing that, wow, like what we put out is often something different than when we get back, you know, and, and, and we think in our minds that, you know, too much before we actually do. And, and this is my whole thing 
thing on everything that I teach is it, it is about just taking bold action, you know, with things. And to your point, like as you practice more and more, that rejection, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's actually kind of fun and funny. It's like, you know, I tell people in the beginning, just gamify it. See how many people you can talk to, see how many blue eyes you can count, you know, if you're not comfortable with, you know, eye contact, you know, just do something that just gets you in that like focused state. And it makes a huge difference. Do you know, it's so funny, like I, I'm going to, that segment as well, that's going to be our soundbite, I think. <laughs> that, that, it's just so funny what you said about her reaction when she walked in. There's no one, there's no one here for me, I can tell. There's oh, no one here. Uh, the amount of times we've been through that, you know, with the events my wife and I do as well, you know, we did um, a games night once and uh, you could just tell there was, you know, one, there was one woman in particular, I remember she walked in, she was kind of like, oh, there's no one here for me. She left early for that mm. reason. Um, but I, I, I just feel sorry for people like that because you just don't know who you're missing out on by not even giving people the opportunity. To be honest, I was looking around the room thinking there's some amazingly good looking guys here to the point where I'm feeling a little bit insecure right now. Yeah, she was just like, there's no one here for me. I'm just going to walk out and, you know, uh, and it's like, I, I feel sad for people like that. Well, you know, I think what happens and and I don't think it's it's being mean or, you know, like intentionally like negative. It's I think it it comes a lot from fear. You mm. know, and um I think people are so fearful of letting go and especially like if you're high achiever or perfectionistic, we're used to being goal oriented and and only do things, you know, that that you think you can reach a goal for, but that's why flirting is so hard. And if you're not comfortable with your femininity and being present and more in your body, and if you're a man, just being kind of more like body confident and present, it gets hard because then you get in your head with all of this. And that's why I love teaching flirting because it really helps people be more present. I use kids as a metaphor all the time. Like I love kids. You ever watch like, you know, four or five-year-olds? They haven't developed filters yet. Right. Like they see little Johnny playing in the playground and someone will just go up and say, hi, what are you doing? Can I play? I like your bucket, you know, but he, he's not looking at that kid and going, oh, I shouldn't go up with him. Yeah, I'm not sure I what, really want to play with that kid. Yeah, maybe I'll come back another time. No, they don't do that. They, they so what happens? Right. Well, life happens. Right. And we develop filters based on our own experiences. And I think over time, that's that's what stops us often. Do you, I don't know if you had it in the in the US, but there was a show here in the UK called The Secret Life of Four Year Olds, and then they did a follow on The Secret Life of Five Year Olds. Oh, cool! And it was basically fly on the wall, watching kids in the classroom and their interactions and stuff. And there was there was a few scenes. I mean, my wife and I remember this so well. And we tried to record it so we could share it with people. Where, you know, the kids were saying like a girl would say to a boy, "Will you be my boyfriend?" and all that kind of stuff. And the usual, you know, it was just. It's so sweet. But when you saw them interact like that, you know, there was, you could just tell there's no fear, no boundary, just like, let me ask. And that is it. And it was just so sweet, honestly. And, you know, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to unleash a little bit of that inner child to just say, fuck it and go for it. Yeah. And it's so attractive. Like we all like it. Both sexes love that like childlike, playful type of interaction, you know? So when in doubt, just say hi. Yeah. Like literally just say hi. Like I I was walking the other day and a little kid was running towards me and he looks at me, he goes, I'm running. (laughs) You know, like, why can't we do that? You know, like I'm enjoying myself. How about you? You know, like just just (laughs) the 
just like those simplistic things that could really end up being so human and so joyful. And that's honestly half the battle when it comes to attraction. Like we try to figure out all these like witty like really serious things to say. And this is, this bleeds into like the whole conversation piece where people get to like Q and a when it comes to, you know, like I call it the interview with it, with the date. It's awful. And so, you know, like how can you be more playful and, and use storytelling in a way that like just moves conversation into something that's, that's, that's fun and attractive. Cause you, at the end of the day, you can learn everyone's resume later on. You can read it online, you know, who cares about that? It's about people move on with people who they like and how they feel around someone, not what they know. Yeah. And the reason I'm smiling so much is because this is exactly what I teach to people as well. Like, <laughs> I, 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 the I, same I, language. I'm telling you, honestly, I, I give this example to people as well. Like when I was dating, I would, if I arrived for a date, I wouldn't even ask her anything. I would just break out into a story sometimes and just say, oh my God, you never guess what happened to me on the way here. And yeah. I would just break out into a story. No. Suddenly all those, com the usual, hey, how are you? You know, it's like all that's out the window. And I just kind of write really in an excited state, just go, oh, you'll never guess what just happened to me as well. Like, you know, someone just sat on my hand on the tube and I couldn't get it out. And I just, I made shit up half the time, right? It wasn't all true at all. But I just made that up and then it, they just came along on the ride for, with me. And then suddenly the conversation just goes elsewhere. Um, one time I was on a date with a girl and um, I was absolutely dying to go for a pee. And she was she was sitting at the table and the, the queue in Starbucks to go to the loo was horrendous. Like there was about five, six people in front of me. And we were texting back and forth about that scenario. Like literally, I mean, I was ready to burst at that moment, but we were just making each other laugh. And, you know, simple things like that could just, it removes the pressure, doesn't it, as well, of asking those superficial questions. And, um, and I, you know, I say to people, like, in fact, let's, let's get your opinion on this as well. Like, um, so for people um, in a number of scenarios, whether it's a prearranged meetup or someone that you've just seen that you like, what's your what's your definition of a good cold open to start a conversation and and enable yourself to just relax and get into the flow of things? Yeah, I um, I think guys ask me more than, than girls, although girls ask me this too, or women, um, they'll say, you know, what's a line that I can say? <laughs> and my answer is, I don't got any, <laughs> you know, and I, I never recommend lines or prefabricated um, openings because I believe that it never then starts out in an authentic, like rounded way. And so I have this whole social engagement formula that I teach people. Um, there's four stages, but mainly, you know, it's helping people get out of the fact driven type of, you know, conversations more into something that's personal and heartfelt and fun. And what I'll say is, you know, part of the initiation piece in when you're just like trying to start a conversation, it is getting in the moment, using observation on something that you're curious about, and then making a statement or asking a question about it. Um, like I was coaching a woman and she, I was teaching her this and she, again, was thinking too much about what to say. And um, I, I said to her, you know, well, what's in your mind right now? Like, what are you curious about? And this guy sits next to us. He was really good looking. And now she got even more in her head. She's, and she turns to me and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I said, okay, wait, wait, just 
what are you thinking about right now? Forget about him. Just what's what's going on in your head that that you're observing? And she's like, well, honestly, I was looking at that window over there and I thought it was raining, which is a weird thing for LA, by the way. So, <laughs> and, and it wasn't, it was a stained glass type of situation that looked like rain. So she thought she was curious about it. And I said, that's awesome. Just say that. She's like, what? I said, yeah, that's great. Just say it. She's like, okay. And so she's, she said to the guy, she's like, do you ever notice that, that window over there? I thought it was raining here in LA. And he looked over, he's like, you know, I've been coming here every week and I did not ever notice that. That is so interesting. And they were off to the races, you know? So it doesn't have to be something so, again, so crazy. Now you asked about like the state that you're in. I always recommend at least having like an hour in between like your work self and your social or dating self so that you're decompressing from like that like headspace and that work masculine energy, whether you're a man or a woman, I call it masculine energy because usually when people are at work, they're, you know, they're doing tasks, they're in production mode, you know, and serious mode. And that's never fun. So I always have people develop a date prep plan so that they get out of their head and more in their body. And it, yes, it includes putting on a dating costume because when you change your clothes, you change your energy you know, and you should have a dating image that's different than your work image. Even if it's something that you might wear all the time, if you just change up a color, even it can lift your mood. And also you'll present a little bit different. So if you're going from like zoom meeting to zoom date, definitely change, you know, and (laughs) change that energy up, you know, as you're preparing for those conversations. Definitely. I I think that's so good. And I think that's so powerful. uh, I was going to say something that's just dropped out of my head, but like you just, ha- I think you're so on the right, tr- like this is not just on the right track, sorry, that was the wrong word, but you're just, <laughs> the, the, it's just so simplistic, isn't it? It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be so simple. Like the example of the window, I mean, that's a great one as well. It's just, and, and this is one of the reasons I, I say to people, if you're going on a date, you know, dinner for me is just never a good first date because yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the least attractive thing you want to be doing. Like, I mean, walk for me was always a good one or a coffee or something. Um, and that girl I mentioned where I was standing in the queue ready to pee, you know, like dying to pee. Like that that particular date, we were just in London, taking a walk around London and just observing the sights, taking the energy and everything and ended up being a magnificent day. We had a wonderful time. Um, but the, the things we saw, like, you know, we, we climbed the lions at Trafalgar Square, for example, right? You know, like that just made for wonderful conversation and just a great memory as well. So all of these things contribute and they just alleviate some of that pressure of thinking like in your head, being in your head so much of what have I got to say? And, you know, what do I talk about? And then I guess the other thing I hear quite often, I'm sure you get this as well. What do you do? What do you say when the conversation goes a little bit quiet? Oh yeah. Well, there's three stages in conversations actually. Like, so we, a lot of what we were talking about was the initiation stage, you know, where you're first approaching somebody or first starting a conversation. But then the middle stage is what I call like sustainment and engagement where it's like, how long can you hang in there for, you know? And then the third part is making a meaningful connection, meaning there's some sort of indication of a follow-up, like, oh, we should do this again sometime or, 
Oh my God. I love this conversation. Like there's some deeper connection that you want to follow up with that person, whether you're a man or a woman. And, you know, I, I surveyed my, my group last night and most people say they have trouble with two and three, like just hanging in there and then getting to the date kind of thing. And what I find is I think my most conversation die is because people are talking too much about facts versus something that's more feeling-based, storytelling-based, and personal in nature. So it's different from saying, hey, where did you go to school? Oh, I went to Yale. Oh, what did you study? Oh, I studied speech communication. Really? What classes did you take? Oh, I took X, Y, and Z. Like, okay, that's an example of a fact-driven conversation that is super boring. Like, that's going to go nowhere fast. And no one's going to care about that. You can read that on LinkedIn, right? So um, I, I, what I teach is like, okay, if somebody asks you about where you went to school, say that you went to Yale, but then share an experience that you had there. So I went to Yale University and wow, you know, it was the best time in my life. I remember one time there was this party that was so funny. And then, you know, you just go into a story that's more personal to you. And also, I'm, I'm really big on EQ, emotional intelligence, so that, you know, teaching people how to use that incorporated in their conversations also is a game changer in the way people feel when they're having that conversation with you. So give us some tangible examples of uh, kind of like flirty. I know you don't do lines, but just, you know, a way to ease into the flirting and and, you know, get Perhaps if the if the conversation is a little bit surface level and you want to go a bit deeper, you know, what would you say to someone if you want to segue, you know, in that direction with someone and even, you know, kind of communicate that a little bit that you're ready to go a bit deeper about something about talking, you know, subjects or, you know, personal stuff, whatever it might be, you know, what would you say to people? Yeah, you know, it's a big question that often is is lends itself for like a whole workshop, right? And and others and coaching stuff. But I will say that on a very simple level, you know, if you're finding yourself getting too caught up in the details of something and you're just kind of shooting the breeze back and forth on a topic, try to break into a story that that also relates to you. Now, in, in in terms of flirtation, there, there's different, and, and this is what I teach in the workshop, there's different ingredients. So it's not even the words you choose, but it's also what's going on in your body language. How are you showing up in your clothes? Like, what's your energy like? You know, because you can have the best conversations and then you look like crap. I'm sorry. Like, it's going to be hard yeah. to flirt and, and create that attraction. But also don't get so caught up in the like literal aspect of conversation too. I, I talk about playing games within the conversation to, to move it a little and to have fun with it. You don't have to like answer each question at face value. So here's a, here's a common question a lot of people ask, right? Like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Yeah. Okay, first of all, hate that question because it gets everyone into their work mode and then it becomes this serious conversation. So I teach people, and this is like people who are listening to this will have something fun to practice next time this happens, is I just like to ask questions back. So what do you think I do? And let's go game here, right? Like, what do you think I do? Okay, why I like this is now we're playing a game, right? And we're getting into a funny thing. But also 
like it's really interesting what people guess about you because it's telling you how you're coming across. Because I got to tell you, if people are guessing you're an accountant or a lawyer, like you need to call me because something's going on <laughs> in that image. Like, you know, like you're you're looking for just cues and clues of why people are guessing these different aspects of you, you know, because there's might be something that you're portraying that's more serious, a little, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, it's just an interesting thing. So I love like in terms of flirtation, I love playing games and answering questions with questions and just t talk about like, you know, bringing people on a journey together. All right. So you like to travel. So where should we go when we travel? Like, okay, where's something you've never gone before? Like, that's so much more fun than being so literal about things. Yeah. And I love that to extend that answering the question with a question, you could say, um, what do you think I do? And as a clue, I am not a Victoria's Secret lingerie model. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're thinking because this sexy bad. I can see how you might confuse me with a model. However, <laughs> exactly. yeah. don't you like? Don't you find it quite sad? Like when I feel like people just don't get to have this level of fun with their conversations, their interactions, and the dating just becomes so serious and clinical, and it's like, oh, you're missing out so much mm -hmm. on. Like you know, I, I I tell a story to everyone about you know when when I was. Um, learning all the stuff between sort of 2008 2011 and then I was having so much fun dating and it was at that exact moment that I met my partner at the time and you know then that didn't work out for whatever reason and then same thing happened with my wife you know I got back into dating after about nine months after that relationship broke up again just got into the swing of things started having fun I was loving it to the point where I almost didn't want to be single I didn't want to be in a relationship anymore and that's the moment I met my wife and you know I tell people that even I remember when my wife had that conversation about going you know becoming serious you know I just you know she asked me that question one day like are you seeing anyone else I said look I've got a couple of dates and she was like well good luck to you if you want to do that if you want me I'm here but if you want to go carry on with those dates then I wish you all the best and I was like damn it right so we I love that she said that That's I, lo I know me too yeah. I tell people like she just had so much self-worth that she just didn't give a crap you know here's a woman who's 40 and she'd been waiting 20 years for a good guy and she was willing to give it all up not to compromise on her values and I love that about her I absolutely loved it um so she said that and I remember that evening messaging all these girls on Tinder saying I'm sorry I can't see you anymore you know, that kind of thing you know um it was a hard decision to make but it was but it, like in a good way because it reminds me of how how much I enjoyed it I hope I can convey that to people that it doesn't have to be so mm. serious and clinical and 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 routine and wrote and just over and over again you know asking the same questions doing the same things going to the same places no go have some fun do the things you always want to do you know go to a restaurant that you want to go to if he says to you where would you like to go use that as an opportunity to say actually there are a couple of places i'd love to try instead of saying oh, i don't know say it just say it you may as well use this as a time to have a bit of adventure and get all the you know tick off some of these things on your checklist of places you want to go things you want to see do whatever otherwise you know what is the point you know if you're not having fun it, it, it just it would, no wonder you're tired of dating no wonder you're you know finding it grueling and you're feeling a bit burned out from the process because you're not having fun with it when you're having fun with it you want more you want to do it even more and so you know fun for me like you know fun is the fundamental value i share with everyone if you can turn it into something fun it will change everything
It's so true. And it sounds so simplistic, yet it's so hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I find is that either maybe you've come out of a very serious um, period in your life or you've gone through some, you know, challenging times, or maybe you never learned how to have fun. And and I've worked with a lot of people who were, they just were never allowed to play even when they were younger. And so I just want to say to everyone, it's never too late to play. It's never too late to learn how to have fun. It's never too late to be charismatic. Um, that's why I love charisma, because if you look at the research, it's something that's learned. It's not something you're born with. It's actually yeah. a learned behavior. And I think that's what you're alluding to, too. Like if you're doing the same thing over and over again, that's the definition of insanity, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. And expecting a different result. But but that's where the strategies come in to break habits because habits, all they are is doing something over and over again. So you got to do a pattern disruption that just totally like knocks that habit out. Mm -hmm. And it feels weird and it feels different, but that's a good thing because people only change when they're in that state of like discomfort. Because if it's comfortable, then why, I mean, then why do anything, mm -hmm. right? When we're uncomfortable, that's when things change. So do things that make you a little uncomfortable, a little uneasy. That's good. Like that, that, that fire in the belly will get like your juices flowing and doing something that's probably something you need to do, or maybe you're fearful of, but when you overcome them, that's when you start seeing something different. Yeah. Do you know, I, I, I say to people as well, when I, you talked about energy as well, and your, your yeah. presence is felt by the other person. And when I was doing all of this, and I don't expect my coaching clients to go to this level, but it was just something I held, I held to as, you know, held myself to a certain standard. I remember I, I took it as far as to actually change my walk. I actually train myself to walk differently, to walk cool, right? I actually yeah. heard my voice deeper. I trained to speak deeper because I was never satisfied with my, vo my voice. I wanted to have a deeper, more sexy, manly voice, right? Still could go a few octaves lower if, I, if I'm being honest. But I mean, all you have to do is to have your accent as far as I'm concerned and you're gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank all you right, it's an American. Yeah, we'll, we'll like it anyway, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. But, you know, I literally took it to that level because, you know, I, I think that that even those things spoke volumes, but it changed the way I felt about myself. You know, the biggest change that happened to me was when I looked in the mirror one day and I started just saying to myself, you sexy piece of ass. You're just wonderful. And women are going to love you no matter what. And, you know, I just started seeing myself differently. I started dressing differently, changing my clothes, walking differently, talking differently. Um slowing my speech down storytelling you know it all just became part of my arsenal and it made such a difference you know you don't have to go to that level right you know we're we're crazy ass mofo dating coaches or strategists right so we do take things to a deeper level but you've just got to do enough to get the job done and once you've got the job done obviously you keep working on yourself but you don't have to take it to that level um but it's you know it's just all those little things and even those little things themselves can be fun as a process when you're doing them mm, yeah I always say like, you know, so many of us are focused on others, right? Like mm -hmm. the man or the woman and what do I do? But really at the end of the day, it's about you. And when you love you, when you look in the mirror and you find yourself sexy, that's when other people will too. Yeah. End of story. Every single time. Oh, absolutely. Amen. I love that. There's another powerful soundbite as well. So is there anything, I know we were going to go into sexy, we could always tackle that at a later date as well, but is there anything else that I have, we haven't said today or haven't spoken about you think it's worth mentioning just as a, a little tip for everyone or something to take away from this today? Yeah, you know, I, th I think I, I would just highlight that 
it's the small wins that add up to the bigger success. I think what gets so overwhelming, and especially like if you're new at dating or you're just getting back out there or you're trying to break like a, a bad pattern of toxic relationships, like wherever you're at, I think it's daunting to think about, oh my God, I just got to do something different. And when you break it down into like small chunks, something tangible that you can do, and then just practice it over time. And then when you get better at that, then you move on to the next thing. It mm -hmm. is those small things that will build your confidence and ultimately get you to the point where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're so right, right? The little things, the two millimeters at a time, and that'll just make yeah. a massive difference. Oh, Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just for fun as well, let me ask you a question. If you could um, uh, add any feature that you wanted into a dating app to make them better, what would it be? Ooh. Oh, my God, I just thought of something. But maybe this, maybe there is. Uh, music. Wouldn't that be fun where you could, like, share playlists and i mean i guess you could do spotify links and stuff yeah. like that but like if you're sending videos you could have like music i don't know music is like a part of sensuality it's another sense or sensory kind of thing that moves people that get people in a mood and oh my god that'd be kind of fun to share music because like it, it's something like that like a lot of people bond with too mm -hmm. so to make it easy right you know even just have yeah. a you know, if, uh, you know, uh, if I was entertaining you and cooking for you, what song would you want to hear in the background and have like a selection of three songs or something, you know, like almost like a quiz between you two or something, a fun I quiz. I mean, totally. Like, look how much fun you could have. Like when I, um, when I, I, I did this like day long flirt immersion experience, um, and I played songs throughout and I, I started with I'm too sexy, like what <laughs> better song is that, <laughs> you know, but it got everybody moving and the women are like, you know, just kind of moving their body. Like, I just think it moves people and how playful that would be to have music move people in a different state, even before they say hello, or just like adding to the conversation, as you said. I love that. I think that's, I think it's a great idea. I think you're on, you're on, we're on to a winner here. I think we should implement this. I don't know. I feel like I should go to like Bumble or Tinder and ask them. Like, I want well, to yeah, right? <laughs> You heard it here on this podcast, the Feel Inspired Podcast. Copyrighted today. What day is it? 14th of December, 2021. Right. <laughs> it. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh, and you, uh, you mentioned earlier about free gift. And also, please tell everyone where they can reach out to you and connect with you as well. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have clients well worldwide as well. I do. I work with clients all over the world. In fact, I have a huge clientele in the UK. Um, like I said, I have a lot of virtual programs. Um, but to get you all started, I mentioned, you know, it's the small wins that add up to the bigger success. This is something all of you can do. Um, I have a free body type guide that you can download. I have one for women, one for men. The man's version is called the man's fashion manifesto because I just feel like men need a little more help with like things like grooming and stuff like that, but they each are a guide. And what is great about it is like for women, it, it will help you determine what body type you have. I'm very scientific in the way I approach clothes and it's simply measuring your shoulders, your waist, your hips, and that determines what body type you are. And then I go over what clothes flatter your body and what clothes to stay away from. So it's doing like a little closet audit for yourself and seeing what clothes do. And if you want to take it one step further and do a virtual makeover with me or other things, like I got you covered and probably the easiest, if you want to get a hold of me or be in my community, just go to askkimmy.com. It's just 
super easy to remember, K-I-M-M-Y.com. Um, I will give you the link to the style guide too. You can go to my website, KimmySeltzer.com. You can get grab it there as well. And all my social media handles are pretty much at Kimmy Seltzer, K-I-M-M-Y-S-E-L-T-Z-E-R. Superb. I love it. I think that's a great idea as well. I think I may need a little bit of sprucing up after two years of pretty much with my gym clothes 24 7. Oh my God. So. We'll totally do a man over if you want. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I need it. I just asked my, my wife because she'll zoom in here any second. She'll be like, yes, please get him to change his clothes. Oh my God. Done and done. Like, we will totally do that. Maybe we can film it for everyone. Oh, uh, definitely. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's not a bad idea. I like that idea. So, yeah, yeah. I'm up for that for a bit of a laugh. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. And I can't wait to come onto your podcast as well. Looking forward to that. Tell them actually, what's your podcast called? Just oh, right. Yeah. Well, the Charisma Quotient. Love it. Love it. So yeah, you can find it pretty much everywhere. Like you can find this podcast right here. And yes, we'll definitely have you on. I'm excited. And thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, I enjoyed too as well. So much fun. To everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning into the Feelings by Podcast. And if you're catching the tail end of this or you want to listen somewhere, it's going to be all on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, everywhere by tomorrow. Same time. And um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll have Kim on as well uh, again in the future, which I'm very much looking forward to as well. Oh my so gosh, I would love it. Yeah, more flirty talk and all that kind of stuff as well. I think it'd be brilliant. So talk flirty to me. Yes. <laughs> we need to see this is where we need the music, see, and the outro. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> before we go, let's just do one thing before we go, right? So I I'm yeah. I, I kind of um I, I'm a slight slight advocate of lines occasionally, just if you want to have a bit of fun. And you want to um, just mix things up or you just want to have a go and just see what happens just to just have a laugh. And I, yeah. I, I duetted this TikTok video um, um, a couple of days ago. So I've got I've got to play here. Let me turn up the volume. So these are naughty chat lines, but they're really fun. Oh, yeah. This shit slapped out of you. Number one, maybe you want to study your life. Well, I got the STD. All I need is you. Number two, <laughs> you want Because you'll be coming soon. Number three, I'm no weatherman, but you can expect a few inches tonight. Number four, and you can be McDonald's. I'll have it my way, and you'll be loving it. Number five, goddamn baby, you just cured my erectile dysfunction. Number six, want to go on an eight, or you'll get the D later. Number seven, you like jalapenos? Well, tonight I'm gonna be jalapeno ass. Number eight, come here, baby. See what I did with one finger? Imagine what I could do with a whole hand. Number nine. You ever kiss a rabbit between the ears? Want to try? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love Never it. try these at home, ladies. Yeah, yeah. Don't try. Yeah. You need like a next level, you know, yeah, ultimate yeah. level of confidence to get away with those. But you can. You can. I tried one or two and I never got slapped. Like those Hilarious. Guys. <laughs> it's all in the delivery, I guess, right? It is, it is, yeah. Do you know, I, I'll just finish off by saying that actually that's why when I started learning about dating, it was the same time I took up uh, stand-up comedy. And I learned stand-up comedy because I never was a guy who had didn't have a great sense of humor. I, well, I probably did, but, you know, in public, I just never knew how to deliver or deliver lines or timing or anything. So I went away and I learned and that, that I, you know, that integrated with my dating repertoire and, you know, it made a massive difference. 
See, this is why I love you so much and why we have so much in common. So I have an improv background and that's what I, and I have all my clients take an improv class. So whether it's a stand-up or an improv class, like all of these things really help you get out of your head and get more expressive and storytelling and humorous. Definitely. Uh, well, <laughs> all I can say is thank you so much, Kim. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Uh, and so I will include all the links. So if you missed the links as well, do not worry. I'll include all the links as well, ladies and gentlemen. But I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Feel Inspired podcast. Kimmy, it's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll see you on the next episode. Stay with me, Kimmy, while I end the broadcast. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>